Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 197. It's speaking very fast. That was very butch. It was, I, was, I was thrown. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, the throne, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, the never-phased Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Ah, episode 197. That's uh, we've, we've been doing this for a long time. We're so close to a milestone event. Or possibly just episode two hundred. When you it's say a milestone event, when you say I, just I thought, because I say it that way doesn't mean that it's any more than what it is. Just, 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 I yeah. thought you were going to say a milestone eventing. I thought like two hundred, we're just going to vent of venting, and then uh, and then uh, you know we we would just we would just go the thing the thing that annoys me about <laughs> you, John Richards. <laughs> Uh, young people That's say, not- standing in the tram doorways, get out of the doorway! Why do you need to stand in the doorway? There are seats! Nothing annoys me about John Richards. Really? No, I like John Richards. Right. It's good. You, you know, if everybody else on this team was like John Richards, I would be so much happier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, passive aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah you right. Good. Cropley does have some uh, <laughs> some issues. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly, hey this uh, this this week in box cutters, mm. it's exciting. Mm. Sam Pang, host of ADBC and, and the squiz. No, no, <laughs> no. He does. That's Arn Do. Arn Do hosts the squiz. Sam Pang, ADBC. Arndo. Oh yeah, Arn Do hosts that, doesn't he? No, 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 no. Sam Pang. Yeah, is our guest. Yeah, he hosts. Yeah, ADBC and the squiz. No, 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 no. No, no. He you, only mean, has- you mean there's room on SBS for more than one token Asian? Oh, Ando did Eurovision, didn't no, he? No, That's no. where I'm getting mixed <laughs> that up. That was Sam Pang as well. Ando <laughs> was in a taxi the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam Pang's going to come in to, uh, to talk about ADBC and, uh, and why he doesn't uh, want to answer any questions. And uh, he does. He'll, he'll talk about that. Mm. And, uh, and and then and then also Eurovision and uh, and just what it's like being a, a famous person now. Sure, we don't really? cover off on that, but uh, you can pretend. We've uh, we've got another. Just don't bother. We've got a things you may have missed. We've got a crap TV. And thanks to our uh, our, our commenter on the blog for uh, that great title for a show. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. that was out of nowhere, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, just don't bother. That's great. Just yeah, that was random. Just yeah. genius. Hey, Amazing. hey, why don't you call it this? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. You can't remember who it was, though, can you, Brent? No, neither can I. No, I can remember who first came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to finish it off with pork, as always. Though we're going to kick things off with the box cutters news. Brett well, after, uh, after tickling it up so well last week on Box Cutters, uh, 
Channel 9 have changed their scheduling uh, for the Hey Hey It's Saturday on a Tuesday reunion special show, and now it's going to be on a Wednesday. Why? Um, well... They didn't want it to some, go up against All Saints? There are what? some theories. Uh, no, Pack to the Rafters and the return of NCIS on the 10 network uh, were going to be its competitors. Uh, so uh, they have well, rejigged... Well, they are really... If, if they're but, worried but, about the return of NCIS... And Pack to the Rafters... That does sound a bit like... Oh, yeah, Pack that's to the Rafters... Good, Pack to the Rafters rates really well. I know, but yeah. they're like, all oh, this big one of special people are looking forward to it, all Pack to the Rafters. Two off special. Yeah, yeah, sorry, but the, two But... but as if they Each wouldn't. one's going to only be as half as good. <laughs> why, why wouldn't they think, oh, we'll put it up against Pack to the Rafters and stick we, it to we'll Channel 7? of them, yes. That's, it's, they're not oozing confidence, are they, no, Channel 9? No. no. Uh, be, because, I mean... I, since, hey, we spoke about this. Since speaking corporate to, people running the place. Since speaking to Wilbur about it, and I've, I've seen the, the Facebook group, and it is 200,000 people. On Facebook. Compa- I couldn't find that one when, I was, when we were speaking to Willie last week. Yeah, but then I linked to it on the blog. Ah, okay. I, I did. Uh, the, uh, you know, c- compare I've that to the... I've been busy trying to fix the blog. To the uh, 200 box cutters uh, Facebook, you know... It's similar. It's it's similar. <laughs> it's similar in that if you just say 200... Yeah, what's the difference? Some zeros. Some zeros. And what's nothing. A zero hey, is nothing. They've, they've had almost 10 times as long to build that up as we have. So, so proportionally. True. 40 per, years to per, four years. Per capita. Yeah. Yeah. And and it does build exponentially. When oh, we're forty it? years doing box cutters, oh, kill me! You'll now. see how many people you have in mean, now. Anyway, That'll be anyway, great. Anyway, so Wednesday night they're going to be Wednesday playing. Night. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. Wednesday, September thirty and October seven. Uh, hey, hey, reunions will start at seven thirty, going through until ten p.m. Both nights, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, like the old Hey, hey, it's Saturday night. Yes, which we didn't even mention the name change last week. Did it have a name change? Yeah, yeah, it went from Hey Hey It's Saturday yeah. to Hey Hey It's Saturday Night yeah. to Hey Hey yeah, It's Saturday. Saturday. Right, okay, so the name change was... It's like the Beckys on Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> or the Darrens so, in Bewitched. No, 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 because the, the old Darren never came back, but the old Becky came back, oh. replaced the new Becky, replaced uh, Sarah Chalk, who was the new Becky, I believe. So old Becky went back, really? and then old And then old Becky went back. Why anyway. did she leave in the first place? Or was she cut? Uh, uh, no, I think she, uh, you know, had something else to do. Doing her hair that night. I she, don't was, know. she was half cut. You, you know what else goes for two and a half hours? The opening number of the Emmys. <laughs> and the Emmys have, of course, happened today in the world we're in. Not, not today where you are because you're in the future from us. Let's, let's say maybe earlier this week. Earlier this week. We are recording earlier, so. The 61st Primetime Emmy Awards, not the daytime. I know you're expecting us to cover that, but no, the Primetime Emmy Awards. So their Facebook group is 2 million. Yeah, they took place at the Nokia Theatre. It's the smallest theatre in the world. It fits in your pocket. <laughs> uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, NPH. Was, was the host, and, uh, and he, did, he did have a, a, a big number called Put Down the Remote to start with. But many awards were given, many, many awards for categories I didn't even realise existed. And, and I'm a bit surprised, like reality competition program. And uh, There are which so... Which took that one out. There uh, are so the, the many... The Amazing Race won that. There are so many Emmy categories now that it's, it's almost 
not worth having the Emmys because it's just everyone gets everyone gets a, it's it's like no one it's goes like home empty speech night at school now it's it's just you know was, everyone everyone gets a certificate of some kind. I don't know what school you went to my speech night was a little more competitive than that oh, no not ours um, there is awards for guest which actually I couldn't decide if that's good or not I think it might be interesting so guest actress and, in a in a drama guest you know, actor there are a comedy, couple of interesting nominations totally interesting. there I, I thought it's just an Emmy for Christopher Guest every year yeah. Best Christopher Guest the Christopher in a walk-on role. Goes to Christopher Guest. No, but that's why I actually couldn't decide that was a good thing or a Who bad are the thing. Noms? Uh, well, for for which, but there are so many. The I'm guest. Like, well, a guest actress, for example, in a drama series was uh, Brenda Brenda Blethyn, Really, Brenda Blethyn, Law and Order SVU, Carol Burnett, Law and, Law and Order SVU, Ellen Burstyn, Law and Order SVU. Okay, uh, uh, his Ellen Burstyn mm. is is one of the reasons the Emmys is just. Completely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, now I love Ellen Burstyn. I think she's fantastic. I've seen The Exorcist a hundred million times. But she was uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actress in uh, some telly movie that she did a couple of years ago for an Emmy. For an Emmy, and she was in that episode. Uh, sorry, in in that uh, telly movie for about thirty seconds. No mm. exaggeration. Mm. Nominated for the uh, for, for best supporting, one best supporting, because people go, oh, who am I going to vote for? Well, I don't want to have to watch everything. Why don't I just vote for Ellen, Ellen Burstyn? Because I'm sure she did a great performance. Well, she she did just win an Emmy today for uh, her guest actress in the drama series. Right. So it wasn't just like a, a Paul Newman Oscar type thing where. Oh my God! The guy's seventy years old, and we still haven't given him anything. So, <laughs> yes, color yeah, of absolutely. money. Yeah, here you go. It, it, it wasn't like that. It was just a yeah. Well, I'll vote. I'll vote for her, and then uh, I can go and have lunch. The uh, uh, and so because of that, they had to in, uh, institute a time limit for uh, how oh, long you had to be on screen. screen. Okay, uh, but even so, it's it's a ridiculous. It is interesting how things break down, like outstanding writing for a drama series. The five nominations are four episodes of Bad Man and one of Lost, which is you know, fair enough because it's, it's for the episode. But it's still interesting to see that the episodes of the same show are, are, are battling each other. Yeah. And uh, are they, are they going to split the vote? Who won? Who won that oh, one? Oh, Mad Men. Uh, so basically the, the last episode of, of Series 2, uh, Meditations in an Emergency Room, um, run one for that one. Um, Cut to the chase. Did any Australians win? uh, Yes. Australia's own uh, Tony Collette won Mm -hmm. for actress comedy series United States of Tara. I didn't realise United States of Tara was a comedy series. I would have called that a drama myself. But she was up against Mary Louise Parker for Weeds. And again, I thought that was a drama as well. So I suppose it depends on... I don't know how how they determine the categories, but Tony I think think it's it's, uh, another problem I have with the Emmys is if it's a half-hour show... They think it's a comedy. Oh, okay. So, Tony Collette won for that. Um, Rose Byrne, Australia's own Rose Byrne, did not win. Snubs. Supporting actress for Damages. That went to Cherry Jones from 24. Mad Men won drama series, uh, direction and writing. Um, Glenn Close won actress in a drama for Damages. Uh, Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad won actor for a drama series. Excellent. 30 Rock got comedy series. Oh, he was actually he was continually overlooked for Malcolm in the Middle. I think he was he was nominated, but I'm not sure if he won ever. And that's actually I must say it's a really impressive list for for actor in particular. I mean, uh, well, and Simon Baker, Simon Baker, The Mentalist, Gabriel Byrne for In Treatment, Brian Canston for Breaking Bad, Michael C. Hall for Dexter, John Hamm, Mad Men, and Hugh Laurie for House. I mean, that's a really impressive you know, uh, bunch to be up in. 
to and, even be nominated. Um, one thing I thought was slightly odd, outstanding original music and lyrics went to the 81st Academy Awards. I mean, yeah, fair enough. But against Flight of the Concords, which I just thought was weird for a show that actually did have two original songs, although by the end of Series 2 they were they were mining the back catalogue quite a bit. So maybe... Turning out the old rope. They, they, perhaps. Uh, and yeah, many, many other strange and wonderful awards in there. Guest actor in a comedy series. I was surprised to see that guest actor in a comedy series can include Saturday Night Live, which in fact Justin Timberlake won guest actor for Saturday Night Live, and Tina Fey won guest actress in a comedy series for Saturday Night Live, but did not win best actor in a comedy series for 30 Rock. But that was actually for. as a uh, um, thing, wasn't it? Oh, uh, as well, it just, it just just as an actor, and so I mean, Justin Timberlake and, and Tina Fey would be present playing different characters, presumably in Saturday Night Live. It just seemed an odd thing to be able to be. But JT would be like a, a guest host, whereas mm-hmm. Tina Fey was she hosting the? She also hosted some as well as playing episodes uh, where she was playing Sarah Palin. Yeah, but anyway, so there Finally you go. Her name came to me. Yeah, so there, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it, it's, it's, it's it's to flip over, just look at the titles here. Actually, a pretty good year for television. There's a lot of interesting yeah. stuff on in the, this list. In the daytime Emmys, which were held last week, I believe, uh, or, or the week before, uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog won some Emmys. How, how is that possible? Right. Has that been on the telly? Because it's... No. Huh. It hasn't been on the telly, but it won for it's short a, form... And it was deliberately not made for television. And it, was, it's, it, it couldn't be made for television because it was made during the writer's strike. Mm. Uh, and it's it's... It just seems like the Emmys don't know where they sit in the in, in the world of awards shows and uh, and organisations, and uh, I don't know. I've I, I haven't enjoyed the Emmys for for many years. I think it was uh, it was great years ago because we would find out through the Emmys what were the big shows to watch that year. I remember the the year that Sopranos did a clean sweep, and everyone was like, "The the what show? What?" Mm-hmm. What's it was a different time back then, it was, and, and that's why you know the sing-along blog is now we have box cutters, so well, you know we don't need the. But Emmys. like you're saying, like these, these, you know, these Thirty Rock and and um, episodes like the we're Emmys talking every about every single week. These Mad Men episodes we're talking about, they're all available on DVD already. You yes, and purchase you know, many, if not most, of these dramas already, which is kind of it's, interesting. It's it's a completely different world. Uh, speaking of completely different worlds, let's talk about the Brownlow. Mm. That's so, on that tonight after we finish recording. So you may be listening to. This while the count's going on. Uh, in, uh, so, in, in news you're probably already well aware of, Sandy Roberts is going to be hosting the Brownlow medal count rather than Bruce McAvaney. Uh, Bruce McAvaney's uh, father passed away uh, at the end of last week. Really? And, uh, and so, he's had to go back to, to Adelaide to be with family and, uh, as such, has had to uh, let go of all of his uh, football commitments, which mm. I think is completely understandable. Uh, but if if you're going, hey, what's Sandy Roberts doing up there? It's not 1982. Uh, it's 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 because uh, it's because Bruce McAvaney could not be there. It'll be interesting to see if uh, the guys on the footy show go him again this week, or possibly you've travelled back in time to 1982. That is another option. No, because then that would have been Peter Landy, I believe. Okay, Brett. Uh, advertising. Sellers at uh, Channel 7 are uh, saying that uh, global advertisers and large Australian companies are a little bit crazy at the moment because uh, they're attempting to push advertising rates down further up to 40% on uh, what 
uh, Chief Sales and Digital Officer James Orbiton says that uh, advertising on TV is worth... So, are they slashing prices? They're slashing prices! <laughs> Ads are going out the door! 40% off prime time! Unbelievable! Only for three days! Exhibition buildings! Advertising! Cheap! 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 <laughs> I always wondered who did those. It's me. Yeah, it's very good. They caught me quite by surprise. (laughs) See, it's what I was thinking, but I wasn't going to bother doing it, but he did it. It's good. (laughs) See, I'm not sure if... if it's it. The market has got to sort it out, doesn't it? If if there's not the the demand to uh, buy advertising at the rate that uh, James Orbiton thinks that it's worth, then surely they have to sell it at what... The yes, market I, decides this I'm, I'm confused. Isn't this how, how market-driven... Yeah, so, so is, is upset that people are wanting to pay not as much as money as he wants them to pay. Well, yes. well, he's, he's upset because capitalism isn't working for him <laughs> this particular week. Right. He's, he's upset because somebody is, is going, Infomercial's <laughs> half price! <laughs> he's saying that uh, there's a fringe element, in air quotes... <laughs> Of oh, large, giant letters. Large advertisers and key media buyers. I'm looking at you, Harold Mitchell, uh, <laughs> who are convinced that the bottom of the advertising cycle had not yet been reached, but they're in for a shock. That's what he says. What, what, what's the shock? That, that, he's, that it has, and they're going up again. That he's not huh? going to sell them ads. He's going to take yeah, no money. He, he'll, than, t- he'll take no no money rather than uh, so so he's so he is part of the bottom reaches. And the others are the non-bottom reaches. The bottom reaches. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? That's creepy. Saying that you didn't reach the bottom. Oh, ah, yeah, okay. The bottom of the cycle. Yeah, yeah. Cycle bottom reaches. Uh, just call, I just call them bottom reaches. <laughs> anyway. I don't discriminate. I don't discriminate. You know what? Stop your whinging. That's what I say to him. Yeah. Stop, stop your whinging. Yeah. Uh, John Safran's Race Relations is a show that we've been aware of for quite some time, particularly uh, since last Easter, mm-hmm. somebody from, uh, I believe it was Associated Press, took a photo of someone who looked a lot like John Safran getting... Uh, Are you saying there's been some doubt that it was John Safran? Well, I think they were, they were trying to say... Well, at the time, they were Because there was a report saying John Safran was. was in the Philippines getting himself nailed up to a cross. It wasn't... Uh, the, the name given was not John Safran. The, the name of the person who went yes. into the... The person being crucified had not had claimed not to be John Safran, had, had, that he well, claimed he was someone else. Had, so had on, not his given, form, on his entry form. On his entry form. Bob Brown or something. John yeah. Smith or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 so the photo looked a lot like John Safran. Right. Uh, a week but Father Bob said, yeah, he's uh, really committed to, to his entertainment. A week, uh, a, a week later, I shook John Safran's hand and felt no scabs. So... Uh, you know, that's that's the, the level that I will go to. Anyway, we've been aware of race relations for quite some time. John Safran clearly goes to a, a lot of effort to, uh, to uh, bring... He's committed. To bring his show... Uh, and we've, we've seen amazing commitment from Safran in the past. We're finally going to get to see this television series. It starts on the ABC on October the 21st. What's the hold-up been? Uh, the hold-up has been uh, Editing. Uh, ABC until he retired from being parish priest. ABC not getting uh, no, 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 John Saffron's not parish priest. Father Bob is. Oh, John's, not Father, John's the young one. Yeah, yeah, John's the young oh. one with the glasses. Father Bob's the old one with the See, glasses. I told you we should have had him in the studio. Then I would have. We wouldn't have had this confusion when yeah, we interviewed 
John. That, that was many years ago. W- was there a story connected to this? I'm confused where you're going. I'm just saying. I'm just. It's going to be on the telly. It's October finally. 21. Oh, it's just happening. That is, yeah, that yeah. is the story. Awesome. Okay, right. It's it's the the waiting is almost over. Okay, and uh, and we'll get to see a new John Safran series shortly. John spent some time in the states. Was that working on this, or was that working on another project? Why are you asking me? Like I, I'm I his housemate uh, or something. I think you it's, may have some memory about it. I don't. No, I don't. Because no. I. Uh, I've had all that memory blocked out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'd Men in Black. I'd be curious to see what, what it was in the States. Any dealings with John Safran, it's like Men in Black. They just come, they wipe your memory, and uh, and then, oh, no, I can't comment on that. Okay. I can, we'll just have to wait for the series. Just have to wait for the series. And that is the Box Cutters News. Hello, this is Frank Thring, gossip from heaven on the Box Cutters. I bumped into Ray Charles the other day. Well, he bumped into me because his dog's not dead yet. And we're joined <laughs> now. See, it's, if I was Sam, I'd be wondering now. Going, yeah. why, why did they choose What's, that one what, to introduce what that, me? What does that mean? What does yeah. that mean? Well, uh, you know, in trying to uh, create a segue from that, welcome to the Box Cutters Microphones, the current poster boy of SBS... One of the hosts of uh, their coverage of Eurovision this year, and also the host of game show ADBC, Sam Pang. Hello, Josh. Hello, John. Hello, Brett. Did I get the show name right? You got the name of the show right. Game Did- show, though. It's a- just to turn it around on you. Game show does lend itself to being prizes at the end of it. Now, you know <laughs> that there are none. So yeah, how, but it's, how but you... it's SBS. I, I don't think anyone is expecting Ooh. prizes at the end of an SBS game show. But it's, also, it's still a game. Also, like, really... I, I, I play Monopoly at home, and uh, that's a game. I don't get any prizes. <laughs> <laughs> how would you define the show? A uh, quiz show, John. A history-based quiz show. Is, is there a smugness within the industry? Is there a kind of... <laughs> is there a ranking? Oh, no, that's a game show. No, we're we're you, a quiz show. Well, I'm telling it's you... It's not a game show! It's exactly. not a game show! It's not a game show. I, I had... Uh, you know, I, before starting any sort of... Once the show had finished, in terms of the next step, in terms of the show's uh, life, I did get heavily briefed on uh, on what I should say and how I should describe it. Of course, I've forgotten all of that. <laughs> so, I, I just... It's a history-based quiz show... With two teams, no team captains, uh, an academic and a comedian, an academic and a comedian, and these great stories of history hopefully come out between the five of us. And, and it continues the, the fantastic tradition of Australian uh, t- television entertainment taking concepts from 1970s BBC <laughs> radio series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're doing the... Uh, there's a goon show special that we're all going to do, and uh, that somehow didn't get up. I don't know why. Harry Seacombe couldn't make it. <laughs> and also, we should point like, out, it's actually quite different to those other shows you're talking about, because on Sam's show, there's only two people behind each desk <laughs> rather than three. <laughs> this, this is true. Yeah, that is SBS. They wanted three. <laughs> budget. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, uh, yeah, you only went to the 70s, but yeah. If they, if they had <laughs> footage of stuff in kind. the 60s, they would have got it. Um, yeah, well, yeah, it's, you know. It's, uh, but it's, it's something that we've been doing a lot of recently, probably because... Uh, it's cheap. It's it's probably quick to write because uh, you you come up with a topic, you get some trivia on it, and then you make a couple of jokes about that, do some animations, and 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 you're gone and done. Uh, so it's is it's, there a, is there a show in particular that uh, you're referring to from the seventies? Uh, no, no, no. Just uh, all those 
University uh, Challenge. University yeah. Challenge. Pa- parlor mastermind. game. Kind of uh, mastermind. Everyone has a turn. Yes. Yeah. Kind of uh, qu- quoting quotable or whatever that uh, is. And just a minute. And, yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. I'm sorry, sorry I'll read blue. it. Yeah. Uh, uh, keynotes. You know. Oh. The <laughs> news <that's> quiz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so that's good to know that you hate it. It's great. <laughs> I'm glad that you. I'm glad that we get that out of the way early, Josh. It's it's not that I hate it, Sam. It's that, it's that I I don't understand why. Uh, we're not coming up with brand new entertainment rather than uh, just covering over uh, old ground. I mean, it, the thing is, it, it does. It, it seems it seems easy. I know this isn't your decision. Mm. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you. This is the hardest I've ever seen him go on a guest. It's like, well, welcome to the show. Your show sucks. This but, is, a, this, is but, on the back of get, this is on the back of you getting us the star of the new Hey Hey reunion shows on last week. So you know, it's uh, that's the state of the industry. <laughs> well, this is you know. I, I, I pretty much ran the same arguments by by him. The, uh, I, I mean, that all being said, the show is a really entertaining show. <laughs> John and I, John and I went to you uh, did go to went a, show, a taping, and uh, and, uh, and I was I was really impressed because I I approach all these things. I, I pretty much approach. I wake up in the morning just cynical, and uh, and you know approach all these things with with a degree of cynicism, and then am quite happy when I'm actually entertained, which which I was with ADBC. Uh, but the question still remains, why aren't we getting new concepts? I like how you, that you look at me because I've hosted a show now that has a credible um, you know, voice of the industry and I'm here to defend the fact that... Uh, you're, all, not- you're all we've got, Pang. Exactly. And maybe, you know, maybe Sam's not the person we sp- should be speaking to because we... Uh, <laughs> get out, the Sam. Can, can you get go out? Let's, Let's be honest. The that obvious is a question, question is, that is a question. Is where, where, Sam, did you get brought into the process on this show? Oh, <laughs> did, it, did it exist and then you came in as, as host yeah. for hire or once, did yeah, you once, develop it? Once Arndo knocked it back, then that, 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 <laughs> to me, that came to me. The, um, no, the, that, your question though, Josh, because I don't want to, um, you know, I'm here ready for the hard-hitting stuff that you're known for. <laughs> the, um, uh, that's a question though for producers, that's a question for television execs. You, this is just a humble uh, radio presenter who got asked to host a show. Way, way to dodge it. But the this is not the office. This is not, uh, you know, like you said, the genre, well, the genre is, yeah. But ADBC works, but the squiz didn't. Yeah. Right. And, right. Well, and, uh, and has somebody told somebody at SBS? That the, that the squiz didn't. They need to learn it for themselves. <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a cab last week in Sydney, and the cabbie was sure that I was Arndo, <laughs> right? So whenever you start having too much faith in how, how Australia's going, oh, he was sure that I was Arndo, which I tried to tell him that I wasn't, John. I think it's the accent. Yeah, and then, and then uh, not only that, he didn't like me. As Arn- as he didn't like Arndo. <laughs> so, that's... Um, Tom, that's Tom, Tom Elliott did try and pass us 50 bucks to introduce you as the host of the Squiz. <laughs> a couple of weeks back, he did well, want, to, want to see if we Elliot's, could do that. Elliot's got plenty of cash. You should have, uh, you should have asked for more. Um, I think that... Uh, yeah, I, well, I'm not... The, the Squiz is the Squiz, the ADBC. I think one thing that ADBC's got going for it, completely separate from any other one, is that, I, you know, I think the content is very... The content is what drives it. You know I mean? History... And I didn't have a history background, but I think that history is pretty interesting. And yet, and and if it's delivered in a uh, an interesting and funny way, which is hopefully the balance that they've got with the academics and the comedians, well, it can be mildly engaging. I th- I know that my history uh, class in Year Ten would have been much better if Tony Martin was standing next to the <laughs> hist- my history teacher, because 
you know, I'm, I'm mildly fascinated by all these stories. They're great stories, and that's one of the reasons I think the comedians like it is because those stories, they're, they're just, it's great fodder, they, and they're true. Well, can I actually ask, on, on the, the subject of, you know, the way it's, it's presented, what I thought was interesting is that the show itself is very entertaining, you know, as a panel show about history, but you've got this weird combination of this really great set, it's really quite, you know, it, it looks a lot like the one from Vic and, uh, Vic Reeves and, and Bob Mortimer's Shooting Stars, but yeah, I'm sure that's coincidental, but this, this very, <laughs> very, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm um, thinking of the, uh, the, the uh, video for the Wonder Stuff uh, song, <laughs> Busy. Anyway, it's, um... It's this very hip-looking kind of design, and there's you know, these very sort of um, you know, kind of hip animations, and it's all you know, very youth, and you've got you know, kind of cool comedians. Um, but the subject matter itself, in some ways, would seem to lend itself more to a sedate presentation style, a la The Collectors, perhaps, for an older audience. And I did wonder if the show might fall at a risk of falling in between two different groups who might want to watch it. What, what's the feedback been now that it's on air from people who are watching? I mean, who's watching it and, and how much do you know about that? Yeah, that's a good question, John, because I'm trying to work out who's watching it. And uh, like SBS, just, you know, it, by nature, their market share is, you know, smaller than everyone else's. So mm. I don't know. I don't really know ratings and what, how that's compared. And uh, the one thing about the fact that we've already shot it is that I'm, you know, there's nothing you can really do. Mm. And so I, I kind of actually am quite happy that... We're not shooting. We've done six, and then it's on, and then you know these these ratings come in, and all of a sudden people go, oh, you know, oh, well, and, and by their nature would be, hey, let's do this, this, this. this. At least it's done. You're very new to television as a as as a host. Uh, you did you did Eurovision. You did like SBS just kind of picked you up. I carried Julia's bag you, for a week in Moscow. You, that's what you I did. carried Julia Zamira. Thank you very much. <laughs> you were oh, you yeah. were the you, right. you were the talent. But let's ask that though. You were the talent. The, she was just there for French interpretation. How the hell did you get that gig? Surely a Eurovision gig is is an amazing gig to get, and it is kind of fun to go. Julia makes sense because she's been there for so long. Mm. How did you end up on, on the... Yeah. How did you end up on the... So that's not Once again, to sound. Ando was uh, tied up on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a good question. I think... No, I was... It was, it was not, there was no audition. It was Julia... Julia covered it last year from the studio in Sydney, throwing to uh, coverage and, of course, Terry Wogan as the um, commentator. And I think this year... They thought they were definitely sending Julia, and then maybe when AD, I think around the time ADBC got up, is that in, is that industry? Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. Got, got picked up, got green got lit. <laughs> uh, they thought maybe they'd send me over. Maybe I, I really don't know. Once again, their motivation for doing it, but I think it helped that Julia and I did have some uh, prior relationship in terms of we did know each other. Used to work at the Spaghetti Tree Restaurant in uh, Burke Street in Melbourne. <laughs> really? Yes. And did they see TV before that? No. So, so I haven't done, no, I haven't done any, I haven't done any television. So <laughs> it's a bizarre so, gig to so start then, off with. Then, We're sending you to Russia to then cover your yeah. how, how did you get the ADBC gig? The producers um, Paul Clark and Bruce Kane, who you may know from their work with Spicks and Specs and Recovery, and you know whatever something else. I do. Kane and Clark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They um, <laughs> they had this concept and they. Bruce Kane is a Melbourneian, Paul Clark's a Sydney sider, and Bruce Kane, uh, you know, finger on the pulse, the triple R listener, and right. he asked me to audition as host. Right. That's uh, 
That's, and, that's, uh, pretty, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, there's no real, you know, there's no big that's like, you conspiracy know, these- or there's no really great story. They said, look, we've got this show. We'd love you to host. And, well, we'd like you. <laughs> They're great producers. They made it sound as if I was their only choice. Then I found out later, of course, they'd auditioned about 70 other people. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. But how how many of them look like Arn Doe? Really? Yeah, no one. Yeah, I think I think Arn must have he must have already committed to the squeeze. Poor Otherwise, he would have been a shoe in for this. Poor kid. Arn. Yeah. Poor, poor I, Arn. I, I get mistaken for Arn Doe. Like, just I, I think he's just got one of those Plato faces. I think he's the everyman, isn't he? he is, Arn Doe. I think he's, he's, a he's like Zelig. I think he's a very talented <laughs> man, by the way. And you three are being brutal on a uh, on a very talented, hardworking man. Do you like his show? I haven't seen his. Show. <laughs> Let, let's talk Eurovision. I wanted to ask. Now, I thought you and Julia were great, and, and you can actually go back in the episode in which we talked about Eurovision, and here we did say that. We're not just lying now. Yeah, yeah. It's, can you go back and change Yeah, yeah. Can we go all those? But um, the thing I thought was interesting, because we were saying that there are, there are crazed Eurovision, no, no, hardcore, let's call them, Eurovision fans. Militant. And militant Eurovision fans. And for some weird reason, they all love Terry Wogan, even though Terry Wogan appears to hate Eurovision. Because he's hilarious. But he hates Eurovision. Like, he actively hates it. And these people who take Eurovision really seriously seem to love him. You guys went over and actually enjoyed Eurovision and seemed to be having a really good time and celebrating it. And a lot of these militant fans seem to react by writing angry letters to the Green Guard saying, why can't we dig up the body of Terry Wogan and reanimate him? Um, (laughs) He's not dead. Why can't we dig up the body of Terry Wogan and reanimate him? what was the feedback that you got? I mean, I mean, how how did it feel to you? How did you think the experience went? And what did you hear from? I, from I think, John, we've already established that SBS don't give Sam any feedback, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't have my email or my mobile. Uh, no, I the so the Green God obviously yeah, yeah we get the Green God in Melbourne. So there was you know if you look at it, there's two or three um, letters to the Green God on the on the week after the following week. There's two, so there's three that uh, you know. Um, bad, ne- negative. <laughs> negative, negative, and then two to the week after. There's two that are positive. So there's, you know, I, I don't. There's, um, I know there's many of many forums, and the SBS website is this, and then you know, I, I um had to go to it once, but never, I just never went down to the, below. The comments. SBS website was harsh. That yeah. was yeah. And so, luckily, I didn't read. I didn't think there'd be much to be gained. I know that in me, in all my years, I've always read interviews or heard people saying, "Look, I don't really." You know, criticism, you know, it doesn't do me any good. That's why I don't go to these uh, websites. And I, that's, I really thought that I, if I ever do, it won't be the week after I get back. So the the feedback that we got in terms of from SBS, you'll love this, Josh. They actually did get in touch with me and said that... How uh, they tracked you down, I don't know. But. Um, um, carry a pigeon and just uh, dropped a letter in my uh, they just, backyard. They just wrote, on your, wrote on your Facebook yeah, wall. They, the, I got three. So you talk about emails and letters. So there was, I got three, one from the uh, you know managing director, one from the director of content and one from the head of SBS. And they were all, you know, and they're the ones who actually make the decisions, not the, uh, not Rose from Ivanhoe. Uh, and they were wrapped with how it was covered. Though in terms of, you know, numbers, you know, the, the website had the most hits that it had in seven years. Uh, many, you know, heaps of people watched it. So that was not, I think there was a couple of death threats, but, you know, man, what are you going to do? That's uh, that's is, what happens. But is this going to be an ongoing gig then? Are they going to send you back, you I, and Julia? I think they they have plans to do it. I, I, I uh, It'll be in Norway, as we all know. Bring me some herring. Because of, uh, <laughs> because of Alexander Ryback, the 
fairy tale. Oh, what a fairy tale it was it for was Alexander Ryback. So, I hope uh, they they what have a cynical fairy tale. They, you didn't like that song, did you? It's, I knew it was going to win, though. And John didn't remember it. So I, that's I found it wiped itself as I was listening to it. It just, yeah, there, there was nothing to stay there in but my head. I can tell you that song. If if you looked at uh, odds, was going to win the day we arrived. We arrived, you know, the day before the semis, and it was, you know, two dollars. Uh, to win the thing, how, how did it? How is it different? Because you know, I've only ever watched Eurovision on the television. How is it different uh, as a live experience? I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't believe the scale, and uh, we were in the booth for the performances, but we did get down for rehearsals. And rehearsals were, you know, you always think, and you're watching Eurovision, you think, oh, maybe something will go wrong. You know, and and very rarely it does. And yet they rehearse so much that it is, it's very unlikely that something's going to go wrong up there. Mm-hmm. So we were down in the crowd for rehearsals, which are well uh, attended, as well as the um, as the performances themselves, because they're sold out. So people just go to the rehearsals and get a similar experience. Uh, the scale of it is unbelievable. The set and um, is just amazing. I think it's a thirty million dollar euro i'm sorry 30 million euro budget and uh every song's three minutes and there's about 30 seconds in between where things just change so quickly it is unbelievable um experience up close it's just it is an extravaganza of and you know the whole of europe is interested that that cost is actually one of the reasons why ireland for the last 10 years basically since uh, katrina and the waves won for ireland uh it's why they've always put in uh, terrible, terrible sh- uh, acts year after year because they do not want to have that expense. Do we do that? So, they they, they just that. don't want to host it, so they don't want to have that expense. I heard that too, because they, they've won it like uh, from memory, like um, 11, 12, 13 times. They've won yeah, it a yeah, lot. Yeah. They, and, they, they've won it a lot. And yet, now, all right, so that's the theory that they don't actually want to host it. They just don't want to host it because it's too expensive and they don't have that much money. It's well, the My Lovely Horse theory, isn't it? <laughs> um, they we, picked we, a good act to, to make sure of that well, this we year. Did, we oh, did yes. one with Russia this year. So, yeah, the Russia, the, the people <laughs> yeah. actually hosting it and put up this woman who performed by a giant head aged and cried behind her. It was <laughs> uplifting. It was only if they flashed up, don't vote for us. And they couldn't <laughs> push it well, for Eurovision, who would have picked that Lordy would have taken it out? Oh, uh, me, as soon as I saw them. Really? Oh, what a great show. Lordy, just superb. I thought there were a couple of acts that were a bit stiff this year. And one was the, uh, uh, well, Ukraine. Not the Ukraine. The act from just Ukraine. The act from Ukraine. Loved her. Svetlana, the anti-crisis girl, uh, mm. was amazing. Mm. Julia is so obviously a fan of, of Eurovision that it just made perfect sense to uh, to send her. Do you think... Next year, having experienced it, you'll be because it, it seems like you were coming at it from an outsider's point of view. Like you weren't a, you weren't a Eurovision fan. Is is that is that correct? That yeah, that's that's fair to say. As in, I'm not the Eurovision aficionado that Julia is, or even yourself, probably Josh. As in, I have enjoyed it, uh, you know, intermittently over the years, but not really strapped in for it, and you know. Uh, Two semis in the final. I've always watched the final. But um, that was, I think that was a good role that I had in terms of Julia's there. She is the, you know, she's loved and she's got so much energy. She loves Eurovision. So I was just there as, uh, you know, to compliment her. But also just to make point of the fact that, 
not everyone that's watching is uh, knows everything about uh, Eurovision. So the wide-eyed in a wide land or whatever, that that was uh, not a bad brief. I, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love having the voice of reason along with the uh, the, the fan base. It, it makes perfect sense. What's uh... Next year, I think, like you said, I think next year, if we get to go again, we'll have to be careful just to, you know, because, you know, just everything, you know, you do everything for the second time and you feel a bit more, you know, relaxed or you feel a bit more confident. You're, you want to make sure we keep the same tone because I thought that was, I'm glad that was noticed. That doesn't surprise me that you three noticed it. But yeah, you know, we were there to have fun, not make fun yeah. and not to be cynical as is our natural position, Joe. Well, yes. And, and, and uh, I, I think it's also important to remember when talking about, television and we're talking about television shows that are a a habit for people like Eurovision is every year people sit down they watch it they have exactly what they go through when you're starting to change the way that habit is presented uh people are going to react to it it's it's nothing personal they just don't like Arndo Can I uh, safely say that Arn has never been on this show? He's he's never been on this show, no. and, and I I'm think better say he will never be on this show. Either. I think I think Arn's great, and I think uh, I, I think he's a, he's a great stand-up and a, a very funny guy. I think the Squeeze was a terrible show, and uh, and you know I'll say that to his face, and he'll punch me, sure, but because uh, you know. He's tough and angry. He's brutal. He it really is so is. brutal. At it Arndo. is still on, isn't it? But but when he's <laughs> When, I don't, don't know. Hate. Now, listen, oh. Croppers, if you're going to ask the hard questions, yeah, yeah. just, uh, I, Cro- I'm not Cropley, sure. the squeeze is off. Terry Wogan is dead. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guarantee you, though, Sam Pang, that when we do have Ando on the show... He we, have no idea who I am. We will make all the Sam Pang jokes. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so Poss- when you went possible. to Eurovision, Ando... What? <laughs> <What's-> <laughs> Go, you, you should really What's Julius Miro really like? Arn. Arn, I yes. think you're right, Josh. But people don't like change, so yeah, that's right. I don't. Um, I don't like change. You should. You should have seen all the letters we got when John started on the show. When, when Ross left they and John started. Me. Yeah, yeah. Teenage we, girls hate me. It's, it's like nobody noticed. Yeah. Nobody noticed. It was seamless. Well, I, was, I, I, I uh, when you did come on board, I didn't write a letter, but I wish I had. Uh, in Fair support enough. or no? So I don't like yeah, you, yeah, yeah, John, yeah. and it was a bad move. Yeah. And the show was better before. And, uh, and and what's Julia's mirror like? <laughs> <laughs> Sam Pang, when can uh, our listeners see ADBC? It's on Thursday nights. It's 8.30. Don't watch Rush. It's on at 8.30 on SBS. And uh, for the next 23 weeks, it's on. So, you, you know what? That's I think a lot of episodes. And, yeah. And you're telling you... me, probably it was a, <laughs> a lot of episodes. Can it you was all, fun. also watch it online on the SBS website? I think you can. Sure, why not? Who, who uh, doesn't like to, you know, yeah, buffer? Just say yes. Who doesn't like to just sit there <laughs> and catch up as, as the screen buffers away? Um, I love a buffer loading yeah. logo. It's I just watch that go round and round and round. Uh, yeah, the website. I think you can play a quiz. You can play uh, mm-hmm. a game on the on the website too if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get the, you know. Tough questions. You are the worst seller of your own <laughs> show. You know nothing. You know nothing. Hey, I would like hey, everyone I, to watch. You know I really what? would. I he does breakfast it. radio and he just woke up to come in and do So, So, really, don't give him too much of a hard time. Yeah, He's got to go back and do the squiz later. If, you, and if you'd done this uh, interview at, uh, you know, 4.30 this morning, that's when I would have been fresh, John. I would have been ready for all your questions. But, uh, you know, just watch <laughs> what the show. You two have been to the show. 
Why don't you describe what the experience is like? There's Did you a, learn anything, John? There's a lot of English backpackers who don't get local references. That's, <laughs> that's what I learned well, they're from the, the producers. <laughs> that's for great. And they'll and they'll pass and they'll pass chips along. They might be chicken flavored. They might be salt and vinegar. It and depends on what what you get. Biscuits shaped like mobile phones. Oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah, I didn't get any of them. SBS.com.au slash ADBC is the website. There is a, uh, a game that you can play on there as long as you log in. Um, and uh, new questions being added to it every single week as uh, I guess that they come up on the show. Yeah. I, you know, and you it's can obvious watch, I have nothing to do with the TV. website. But, you know, just you know, tell me if I'm wrong. There's a magnificent stories in history and they are, they are delivered in a fun way. By two academics and two comedians, and I was I was quite uh, surprised how how knowledgeable Matt Preston was uh, with the history stuff. Well, well he, he knows stuff. Yeah, beyond food. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, this everything's surprised. I'm surprised sometimes how you know how much the comedians know and how funny the academics are. I'm never surprised by how much the academics know, and I'm never surprised how funny the comedians are. But Matt Preston was sensational. He's got you know, and I was. I'll be honest, I wouldn't know why he was was booked on the show originally. And then uh, it was quite obvious why he was. That was um, Sancia Robinson who worked on the panel and Spicks and Specs who put together the, you know, the, 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 team, guests. the, the, the guests. She she was amazing in terms of the, the um, talent that, sur- that she put around me, that, you know, not only the academics, but... It is a who's who of Australian comedy, Josh. It, 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 re- it really is. Can you reel off some of the, uh, some of the names? Wow. <laughs> Scott, You've asked Sam's we question. We were going oh, to sorry, say sorry, that until you asked I'll, Sam a question. I'll go with that. You've asked T- me, Tony Martin, Michelle Laurie, Scott about from Tripod. Uh, Judith Lucy, Kate Langbrook. These are people that are all on. Santo Chilaro, Merrick Watts, uh, Angus, Angus Sampson. Sampson um, Reginald Hunter has already been on the show, but he's a, he was sensational and really... He's great. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Um, that's pretty good. It's, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 I haven't that's really missed anyone there. It's, uh, you know, people have come on. And it's great. It's great that they've, they came on and to support the show because they liked the concept uh, before it had aired. You know, like I think a yeah, lot yeah, of, yeah. you know, you guys know in television, sometimes there's a little bit of a wait and see before we'll come on. And a, these guys just came on and it was really good. Because no one's doing history except for Tony Robinson. Right. Well, that's and jo, you talk about the genre and how many there are and da da da. Well, but you know, this is not what this is. This show is not about what politicians said this last Tuesday. This is about you know the, the assassination what, of Archduke Franz Ferdinand or what, the Magna what, Carta or the Opium Wars. It's it's pretty uh, amazing stuff. What what Hannibal said when he was in uh, Gallic France. Wow, is that so? That's the show you're at. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the show I was at. My Hannibal, of course. Had Hannibal, yeah. What uh, what. What Hannibal said was, uh, "Ow, it's on my foot." <laughs> <laughs> Hannibal, uh, would this be edited down? This, uh, this no, is really great. Hannibal, mm. I'm just going to keep talking because I, like I told you, I have no, no. Actually, we did go to wrap up about seven minutes ago. Yeah, it's all right. We don't, we don't have to play a cart or anything. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, wish you. This show should have carts. And you get and hear them get put in on uh-huh. the old school radio. Well, yeah, you know, you get us a machine, we'll do it. Um, I know where there's I a knew, machine. I knew nothing about uh, history, and so I did. This is a great thing. If you tune in, you know, you you kind of do take stuff away. So you have to retain things uh, as the host. But the Hannibal, the Carthaginian military commander, mm. is an amazing story. Oh, f- fantastic! He story. marched forty thousand men and thirty-seven elephants from. Uh, you know, France. Ca- Ca- Carthage. Carth- well, I don't think he started in Carthage. Oh, dear. Anyway. anyway. Well, 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 he, 
Anyway, he, he marched, marched on Rome. Up, up there you the go, hill John. And marched Don't them down again. That's where he started from. He, he got there eventually. He marched on Rome, and so, was uh, like a real thorn in the side of uh, of Italy. And and marched and most impressive for me, marched them where now they race part of the Tour de France. That's, uh, did you know that, John? You learned that from, yeah, from I watching. I, I learned that from watching ADBC. I learned that, and I learned that Friendy cooks. <laughs> That's <laughs> the uh, yes. Our resident chef is often. I don't know why he's forgotten, but yeah, he he. There's a, a segment on the show called Plate du Jour where an ancient recipe is uh, prepared and our, and our um, guests get to eat it. That's my favourite segment, actually, because I thought that was amazing. Because yeah, that, that's not anything I've seen before. So that was, I thought, really and, great. And it concept. wouldn't have worked on radio in the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why the show was commissioned, based on that one segment, Josh. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sam Pang. Uh, please, you'll come back. I would love to come back. I just, can I say, generally, it was a privilege to be asked to come on, and thank you very much for having me. It was, uh, I had a lot of fun. Oh, you flatter awesome. us. We'll line you up uh, when you're set up for talking about your generation. <laughs> oh, this is what... Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly, and if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Box Cutters. Get your ears into it. John Richards. Yes. If I was going to watch something, should I bother with it? No. uh, uh, One day we'll get that choir in to record the actual uh, intro for this segment. I I wish you had said, no, just don't. Just don't. Just don't bother. And then the... Hey, just don't bother, just don't bother, just don't bother watching this. Our new segment, Just Don't Bother. Uh, You may remember we talked about um, Molly Sugden's amazing uh, production... Uh, which I've already forgotten the name for, uh, Come Back Mrs. Noah, which, oddly mm. enough, got mentioned sort of in passing by Tony Martin in this week's Green Guide. Wow, is, we're famous. We're so famous <laughs> that Tony Martin may possibly have heard us, or possibly not. Anyway, I, You know, after the chaser ripped off so many of our sequence, <laughs> Josh and I are just, yeah, we don't even bother mentioning it's it anymore. School to you now. Yeah. now, so I, I brought in this one today. This was originally, I was going to do this a little bit later, but I, I wanted to bring it in. I've not told the boys what it is, so you, you may already know this, but I'm hoping there might be, there might I, be a surprise effect. I have no idea. This is a, uh, today I'm talking about a British sitcom, again, this one, a little bit more recent than what we talked for. It, it, it aired for one episode. Only one episode went to air. The others were removed immediately and not allowed to be played, and they've never come to light. It's a fairly traditional sitcom about two couples who live next door to each other in a block of apartments. They don't get along. Love their neighbour. Uh, not Well, not quite, but it is along those lines. Oh, they were terraces. In, in one flat, Arnie and Rosa Goldenstein, who, as you can tell from the name, they're a bit <gasps> Jewish. Oh, I know what this is. Do you know where I'm going? I know what this is. In the flat next door... Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun <laughs> in a show that was entitled Heil Honey, I'm Home. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I've got the theme tune. Can we? Heil Honey. Heil Honey. Heil Honey. Heil Honey. Heil Honey. Hello. I'm home. Heil Honey. Smile Honey. Because I'm home. It's great to be top gun, but it's nothing like the fun that I get when I say hi, honey, I am home. Hi, honey, smile, honey. Gee, it's great to be back. Hi, honey, I'm home. So that's the. Uh, Why is it an American accent? The only credits. Well, it is presented as if it's an American sitcom from the fifties. It's actually meant to look oh. like I Love the Lucy, and it's a, a very, very traditional sitcom. Three camera setup, audience. Uh, everyone applauds when people come in. 
to give you a, a taste of, of how this is the very opening of, in the Hitler's of, apartment or in, in, in the Hitler's the- yeah 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 um, it's mostly set in Hitler's apartment so let's just play you the very beginning of episode one to give you a taste of it oh tonight you were making schnitzel what a joke you must be real mad at me honey I'm a very very bad Hitler <laughs> come here baby Touch me. You've been late for your dinner every night this week. Ava, babe, please. I'm the Fuhrer. <laughs> I'm a busy man. I can't just walk off the job at five o'clock. On Monday, you had to meet with Goebbels. On Tuesday, Von Ribbentrop. On Wednesday, Klaus Katzenjammer. Who's Klaus Katzenjammer? He's my tailor. You should see the tucks, honey. You see, <laughs> everyone's more important than Ava. Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Schicklegruber. You may be big stuff in Germany, but I knew you when you were just a house painter. Boy, this is going to be some night. Was he really a house painter? He was a painter. But this is like a sketch that somebody just didn't know when to end. Yes. So, yes, to give you a little bit more, because this is an infamous TV show, and it did turn up, uh, for example, Channel 4 did a, a show called The 100 Greatest TV Moments from Hell, and uh, Hal Honey, I'm Homemade, it's 19, number 61 on that. What people do sometimes miss is the fact that it actually, it's not quite as offensive as it originally sounds, because it was produced in 1990, and it was deliberately meant to be a sitcom from the 50s that had been lost and found. So it was a very postmodern you know, uh, approach to take to this sort of material, Presumably, it's meant to be a comment on on the way demons become part of pop culture or something. And like you say, if it had been a three-minute sketch every week in a sketch comedy show, I actually suspect it might have been quite funny. It was Mm. written and created by uh, Jeff Atkinson, who was a sketch comedy writer. He wrote for Spitting Image, Lenny Henry, and mostly he's known for writing for Rory Bremner, who's a a UK satirist. So, there there is... there's a lot that's quite interesting in How Honey, I'm Home. Sadly, it's not funny, which is where I think it, it mostly falls down. And like you're saying, as a, as a kind of two-minute shock concept, a show called How Honey, I'm Home with, with those credits and, and those characters, quite funny, stretching out to half an hour, and in fact, eight episodes of, of half an hour. Hmm. Not that anyone's ever seen anything other than the first episode, because that is the only episode that ever went to air. It went to air on a, a cable channel in the UK called Galaxy. Uh, straight after Dad's Army, curiously enough. So at the end of Dad's Army, you actually had a continu- continuity announcer saying, unless Arthur Lowe defeats him, it's the man himself in a few moments in. Hal Honey, I'm home as the Galaxy Comedy Weekend continues. Right. Uh, the one episode went to So air, when was this? 1990, this, this aired. 1990? 1990. Time for, God. Time for Guru. And it is impressive. The, the They've tried to get the right look, the right sound to it, but... It doesn't really have anything beyond that. The one episode that we, we do get to see, uh, effectively, he has invited Neville Chamberlain around and for dinner, and he doesn't want the Goldensteins to know because they'll try and, and muscle in on the action. And, of course, they hear that the most important man in Europe is coming to dinner, and they just turn up unexpectedly, and hilarity ensues. That is effectively all I have to tell you about <laughs> Heil Honey, I'm Home. You know, it, it, it doesn't sound a million miles away from something that, that we in 2009 are watching uh, weekly uh, in double take. It, it really seems like, like a sketch that they would do on that show and around about as funny as uh, Sorry, he's, he's watching double take? <laughs> well, if, if anyone was watching oh, double right, take. Right. So to leave you with, here's just, again, another clip from Heil Honey, I'm Home. I got Neville Chamberlain coming over here. 
You've got the Prime Minister of England coming over here to the apartment tomorrow, and you don't tell me so I can get something out of the icebox? It's the Goldensteins. I don't want those putzes to know about Chamberlain. You saw the way they were when the Mussolinis were over here. They snuck by the apartment every five minutes. Well, so if we don't tell them about Chamberlain, how will they know? Are you kidding? They always know. When I finally get to invade Poland, who'll be the first to know? The Poles? No. Rosa Goldenstein. <laughs> Hi, this is Jim Shembury from The Age newspaper. Just telling you all to listen to box cutters if it's the last thing you do. Josh, Brett and John are the most informed, entertaining, funniest guys you'll ever hear over a pod. I still don't know what podcasting is, but apparently if you go onto the ARPANET, you can, you can get it. The ARPANET. Oh, the internet. I'm sorry. That was the old word for it. Yes. Box cutters. Listen up. It's great. Things you may have missed now with me, Josh Canal. Is it Hal Honey, I'm Home? It's, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's, uh, it's, excuse me, love, could you pass the girls? <laughs> I know. It was a spin-off series that just never went anywhere. That's uh, uh, The Loop, uh, which is not a very old show. It aired in 2006 and 2007 in the US and mm. only lasted 17 episodes. Uh, it stars Brett Harrison, who you may have already forgotten from Reaper, uh, as Sam Sull- Sullivan, who's a, a young executive with an airline based in Chicago, which is why the show is called The Loop, because The Loop is an area in Chicago. Other than that, it's got nothing to do with it. it it's sense. it's almost kind of random name generator thing oh but the the loop is also about how the the tickets like the process in the tickets and 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 airlines as well Mm. as as uh are you making that up no no as you watch more of it uh i've watched almost all of it come into it no pretty sure no it's a it's a half hour single camera comedy and it, it really feels like the loop started at the wrong place at the wrong time uh, it was on the Fox Network in the US, and uh, it, it wasn't doing very well with comedies in 2006. Either they weren't promoting them properly, or the world just wasn't ready. But uh, the first season of The Loop has a, a lot of the stylistic sim- has a lot of the stylistic feel that Better Off Ted has, and in fact, it was very similar in style to to Better Off Ted, especially the the bits that are set at the airline. Uh, Better Off Ted, we reviewed early this year, and it's uh, now showing on the Comedy Channel, uh, as well as The the Loop, uh, on the same night, in fact. Uh, Mimi Rogers plays a a sexually predatory senior executive whose asides of slightly disturbing self-realisation are really uncannily similar to those of Portia de Rossi in, in Better Off Ted. It's it's almost like they're going off the same script. But she's not the boss. She's not the boss. She's the superior, but not the boss. But not the boss. But the, but the characters are so similar, and uh, and uh, it, it's it's almost shocking. Like it's it really throws me when when I watch it. Well, it's funny because when you said the loop, and I went, oh yeah, I remember the loop. And, I, and when you said toys, so actually it's a lot like better off Teddy, except it just didn't work. Though. Yeah, did that because that's what I remember is that. It's weird, like, you know, putting out they are so similar, and yet the loop just somehow never quite coalesced into one thing. And, and I think it's because it didn't have the, the network support. Because then you, you've also got people like Philip Baker Hall, who has 
all the winning lines uh, as the uh, often socially inappropriate and conclu- conclusion jumping head of the airline. He uh, he he just he just comes in with it's basically the the conclusions that he jumps to that create the drama for the show because then uh, Sam has to go and uh, and perform some kind of crazy feat. Uh, that would ordinarily not be expected of an executive, and then has to try and work out a way to turn a terrible situation into a into a positive situation for the airline, and everybody's happy at the end, right? That's how it goes. Philip Baker Hall is excellent. Look him up; he's done so much great stuff uh, over the years. Here's the thing, though, with, with the loop: the first season was only seven episodes long. It came in very late in the season in 2006, obviously as a mid-season mid-season replacement. About three quarter season yeah. replacement, yeah. and Fox weren't happy with the way it performed. And although they renewed it for a, another full season of thirteen apps, there were some uh, appalling and obviously focus grouped changes. So one of the things was uh, the opening credits changed. Uh, it used to be him driving in his car from work to home, and he would be getting changed from his work clothes into his home clothes in the car so that when he got home, that was home. And and this was kind of the the basis for the first series. He had work life and he had home life. And one was always interfering with the other. And so he, he was kind of stuck in the middle a, a little bit. Uh, for, the, so for the second season, they got rid of those opening credits, replaced them with uh, new opening credits that stylistically are, are great. A, a lovely montage that looks like the emergency card that you get when you're sitting in an aeroplane. Uh, so it's got that kind of look and feel to it. Mm-hmm. But then also says, uh, also kind of turns itself into a comic book. And uh, th- there are supers that say, Sam, the hero. And what's his name? The boss. And anyway, that's it, it just kind of doesn't work. So the, uh, the 13 apps. Oh, sorry. Uh, more changes. Uh, Two of Sam's housemates, including the girl who is his romantic interest, they're cut from the show completely. One of one of those girls had a lot of really good lines. She was a great character, really funny, and uh, and so it it was kind of like his home life was a little bit like Friends, and his work life was a little bit like Better Off Ted, and that seemed to work well, maybe, for the maybe show. Maybe a little bit like Chuck, or maybe a little bit like Chuck. But yeah. it, was, it, it really like there was a there was a lot more on location stuff than Better Off Ted has. Yes, yeah. But it was it, it was a, a really entertaining first seven episodes. Mm. Uh, but they were cut from the show. A, a strange character who only appears in elevators was added in the second series. Uh, but he's I mean he's really quite entertaining. He has little bits, but they're the kind of little bits that uh, Lenny and Squiggy used to have in Laverne and Shirley. You know, they'd come in, they'd still focus for, for about 30 seconds and then leave, and the audience would go, Woo! And uh, except this doesn't have a, a live studio audience, so he doesn't get that applause. But and, you did uh, that at home, though, didn't you, while watching? Every single time. Mm. Every single time. So the focus of the show changed. It didn't make the show any better, but it also didn't seem to make it much worse. And it's, it's really a shame because the people who are making it actually understood how to put some life and jokes into a network comedy 
according to Wikipedia, my favourite source of information, uh, Channel 7 showed this one at the dynamic time slot of midnight on Friday in December of 2006. That's when yeah, I saw it, I think. Yeah. And considering that it was December 2006, I'm guessing they only showed the first seven. Was it only ever late night? I have a strange recollection of it being 8, 8.30 Monday nights or oh, something. No, I, I saw it late night, but I actually, oddly enough, I think I saw the second series because I remember that opening credit sequence right. that you describe. So, it's, anyway, Channel 7 didn't have very much confidence in it. Here's the thing, though. This is why I'm sure I'm not wrong in enjoying the show. It's co-created by Pam Brady who is a name you might know. From the Brady Bunch. No. From the Pam Bunch? She Philip is Brady's wife. one of the unsung geniuses behind South Park and Team America. She's a producer on South Park, a writer on South Park, and she uh, wrote. She was a writer on Team America as well. A very, very funny woman. Uh, if you remember an episode of South Park where uh, there's a, a school teacher who keeps having uh, flashbacks to... Uh, his wife, who died in a, a plane crash, uh, she was a pilot, and uh, and she dies in a plane crash. She is the woman in those flashbacks. She's very funny. The show was very funny. Fox really screwed the pooch on this one. If you can, uh, if you can get your hands on uh, some old episodes, it's worth checking out. It's currently screening on the Comedy Channel, uh, so if you've got access, you can uh, watch it then, and then watch Better Off Ted after it for a compare and contrast. That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers. <laughs> I love this show. Brett Cropley, what has got your goat? What has got my goat is something that's on tonight. Uh, Monday night? Connected to uh, the Brownlow coverage. And uh, it, it has been... Pretty much what what seems to be the only thing that's been advertised by Channel 7 about the coverage, which is the... Blue carpet? Blue carpet ah, yes. arrivals. What the hell is going on with the blue carpet arrivals? Why is it a blue carpet? Do you know anything about this? Well, they, they don't explain it in it's the just, ads. It's just... Are they just having a blue carpet? It's because just... It's not happy. It's not a happy carpet. The, it's just a little bit blue. It's not a tie-in to some sort of uh, you know, advertising thing I think or a beer I think company? It's a tie, or I think it's a tie-in to advertising. Because uh, that's what I, I'm automatically, automatically thinking maybe there's a beer company that's got a blue label that's you know, or, or similar. Have I don't you, know. Uh, have you None of this is, uh, has been explained uh, in, in the ads. But that's, that's not the uh, – well, that was, that was the most glaring obvious thing mm-hmm. about uh, these ads. But um, secondly, uh, it's a half-hour program. Fifi Box is uh, hosting it. There was an article in last week's Grand Guide. Hang on, the, not the Brownlow, the pre-Brownlow. This is the pre-Brownlow, the, the blue, blue carpet, carpet uh, arrivals um, where they, they see all the, the, well, the wags and uh, their dresses. Um, uh, there was there was an article in the Green Guide talking about how Fifi Box is a bit of a uh, uh, whatever she is like she's not your standard kind of. I, I read that article and I didn't hate wearing. her, which surprised me because I normally hate Fifi Box. So that uh, that article she actually came across quite well. And yeah, she's she's quite good. But she was saying that she wasn't sure how how much uh, kind of scope she's. She was allowed to say because she was saying she's not interested in fashion really, and she'd rather make fun of the outfits than actually. You know, do the who are you wearing? Yes, yes. But uh, this morning I actually saw a, a slightly extended advertisement for the half-hour program. Um, they're, they're actually 
Also, as well as having Fifi Box on the blue carpet talking about people's jewels and dresses, uh, going to do makeovers on three of the boys. If they can't fill out half an hour, <laughs> 20, 22 minutes of TV time with the arrivals and need to put in this bullshit just to, to kill time, just don't bother having a freaking blue carpet's arrival show. And and it's not just that. It's on at 7.30, goes till 8 o'clock. There's another completely unrelated show that's on at 8 o'clock. And then the Brownlows kick off at 8.30. Oh, so it's not just directly before the no, Brownlows? No, no, not at all. Why do they bother? It is crap. Yeah. I'm not happy. No, clearly. No. If you watch one thing. Uh, it's, uh, you, you know what, it's, it's grand final week, the Brownlow's on, probably the... Uh, Brownlow's on, the Emmys are on. The Emmys, Emmys are on, the, uh, the, footy, Emmy are on. the footy marathon will probably be on on Friday night. The Brownlow Emmys? The Brown- I think that started tonight, actually. The Brownies. This afternoon. Yeah. The Emmys. Uh, uh, there's, uh, you know, the grand final, the formerly North Melbourne grand final breakfast. Uh, they are <laughs> North Melbourne once again. Oh, are they? Yes. Is it still the North, is it the North Melbourne grand final breakfast, though? I'm not sure. Right, right. Whatever it is, you can tell I'm not excited. It's the same thing every year. So what? I eh. accidentally ended up at uh, the pre- pre- preliminary, whatever final it was on uh, Friday night, um, and had a great time. I having think, having been a, a long, long, long-term uh, St Kilda supporter. Uh, yeah. That, that was a very exciting game. Uh, I've been to MCG for like 20 years. Anyway, so, so my, uh, my recommendation uh, for uh, what to watch is uh, get something good. On DVD, maybe Mad Men, maybe uh, mm-hmm. catch up on Lost, and okay. just avoid all of that uh, football, except for the grand final, which you're going to have to watch because everybody's going to talk about it and you'll just be left out. Well, I don't uh, understand how this slipped through your radio uh, radar, Josh Canal. Your radio radar? Uh, on Tuesday night on the Nine Network. Uh, well, that's, that's how it slipped through my radar. It's the Nine Network. <laughs> At uh, 9, 8.30. Uh, you've got the very best of the Paul Hogan show. Good evening, viewers. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, really, is, I really love It's kind it. of a backdoor pilot because they're talking about coming back weekly next year. No, they're not. No. <laughs> I, I really loved the Paul Hogan show in yep. uh, you know, 1981 through to 1983. I think it'll uh, be... And, interesting uh, to have a look at it now. With I'd the actually be tempted to look at it again. Perspective Although, of time. But, but they've done these best of, like, every five years well, they'll do I'm a best thinking, of the Paul I, I wouldn't Hogan want show. to see a best of, though, because I'd actually want to watch the original episodes. Because I imagine the original episodes may well have you know, sexist and homophobic and racist material they probably won't try and include in the, in the best ofs, which would be more interesting as a, as a, a, a picture of the times. But I they're putting Plus, Hey, Hey, it's that day on. <laughs> Plus the... Uh, the, the uh, the best of the Paul Hogan show did not have very many episodes. Really? So, yeah, I kind of yeah. remember it going I for on forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it didn't actually have very many episodes. It was it was on for years, but it was just a like few. There was a the weekly every- half hour thing, mm-hmm. and then there was there were specials that he'd do as well. Yeah, not very many of them though. Yeah. Um, I'd be watching Rodney's Robot Revolution, which is a documentary <gasps> on the ABC, ABC One, eight thirty on Thursday in which Professor Rodney Brooks and his team at MIT in Boston attempt to build a robot and looks at the, sort of the history of robot and what's coming out with robots. Apparently the Japanese seriously talking about carer robots now because um, soon they will, they've got an ageing population, as, as many countries have. Kids. 
and uh, and they're worried gonna, that, we have yeah. to pay pensions and look after them. And they're effectively talking about having robots to work in in like old age homes and nurses uh, as nurses, effectively. And it's narrated by Wendy Hughes. Remember her? Oh yeah. So yeah, Rodney's Robot Revolution, ABC One, eight thirty Thursday. Wendy Hughes, the singer. Was she in the Thornbeds? Yes. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Hey, we everybody. Got pork! We've got pork! It's going out of style! We've got pork! It's 50% off pork! 70% off pork! 90% off pork! Get your pork! Hey, uh, don't forget to get your pictures in. That's pictures without a C. P-I-T's. No, it's got a C in it. Not P-I-C, but P-I-T-C-H. Yes, yes. Not pick. Send, send your pitch your into pitch. us for your <laughs> television show that uh, could win you a, a crumpler beanbag. It's fantastic. You want a bean for it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. At the moment. Chad has 90 entries. Yeah, yeah, Chad's ahead. Yeah, significantly. Um, hey, I... It's, and it's not a competition of how many entries you get in. <laughs> it's, it's just, no. you know, get, get us some, some good ones and, uh, and, you know, we'll give you a beanbag. That's and, the... Well, they can just be funny. They can be completely unrealistic if they tickle our fancy and meet our unspecified criteria. <laughs> You could well be there. God's sake, just send something in. Um, SBS have uh, begun uh, advertising the second series of The Nest. Did you guys see any of the first series of The Nest? It oh, was the, basically uh, the, the sequel to Man About the House. That have got up to... Not, uh, no, no, not Robin's the Nest. Just one the armed, Nest. One-armed dishwasher. That was hilarious. It was a dishwasher. Only had one arm. Kept breaking plates. That's quite hilarious. Yeah. And when you think about it, that's like a metaphor for life. It's so so is uh, so is having sex with two women at once. Uh, that's my understanding of what man about the house was. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> that's much a, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this series, uh, the first series, was about uh, fairly fairly uh, continental European families uh, with fairly elderly children still living at home and just they they've been mollycoddled all their lives and they're sent out to live together Who and, and uh, hilarity and shoes. Why would anyone? Molly Coddle. Go on that show. Who Molly Coddles these days? What's well, surely that's well, just the, it was the you know Italian and Greek and Turkish parents that uh, oh, okay, yeah. wanted to have a sewing room. Oh, so they they the For parents example. wanted the kids to leave, mm-hmm. and the kids wouldn't time. leave. It was time. It was time. You know, they were in the thirties and or twenty late twenties. They said, "Take your Molly Coddler, get out." She's very good in that show, Molly Coddler. Yeah. I love her. I can't believe she didn't win the Emmy. I know. Uh, there's a second series that, that actually starts uh, this Saturday, and in fact, the squiz ran up until Saturday just gone. Uh, so the nest is taking over that time slot. Squiz, who, who hosts that? On uh, Sam Pang. Sam Pang hosts the squiz. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. thirty on Saturday night. I but so. um, it seems that uh, once again, SBS have completely forgotten about their mandate and just don't care about uh, multiculturalism because. It looks like everybody in it is an Anglo. Well, hang on. Including uh, the the main family, seemingly, called the Stuarts, which it doesn't get much more Anglo than that. The thing thing about uh, the the nest, though, if they were just looking at ethnic families, uh, then surely isn't that a little bit of racist? Like, oh, migrants come here and then the kids just, you know, mooch off their parents and... uh, there's a danger there. Yeah, I think I think it should always have just been 
a mix rather than focusing on... But looking at the website, everybody... There is, there is nobody with an olive complexion in there at all. They are very No, right. but that guy looks a bit munty. <laughs> he does a little bit. But still, they are all extremely, extremely white. Pasty, <laughs> that, even. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode oh, 100. And- right, John had a thing. Oh, oh no, I, I've, got no. La- I've got to lay that, but I thought I could do it in that yeah, bit that goes yeah, after it, the credits the that no one knows. It's no one surprise. knows it's there. Yeah. It's a surprise. Surprise! Yeah, I'll do that. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 197. I want to say thanks very much to our guest, Sam Pang who was excellent. Uh, he hosts ADBC, and you can see that on SBS. He's on not Vietnamese nights. at all. He was no. wearing shorts, too, which you didn't get said home, but, you know, saucy. I know. You know I know. He's showing some guests. We haven't had that before. Showing some legs. Yeah. We have, but it was Wilbur Wilde. He's just come from basketball. <laughs> wasn't a great look. Wasn't a great look. Uh, at least Sam uh, waited for the run until after the interview, whereas Willie had been playing yes. basketball and all sweaty. Uh, next week, uh, no show, although we will have a, a, a kind of a best of up for for your listening pleasure. A remember when, as it were. Ah, oh, that's nice. A remember when. So that's uh, that's next week's box cutters. Until then, because we'll still you know be here. We're yes. just not going to say anything new. Until then. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Do you like it like that? No, Catch us again next no. week. Same bad time. <laughs> same bad channel. No one's buying that one, Brett. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks to 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. Surprise! Oh, it's the bit at the end that no one knows is here. Surprise! I, I've, got, I've, got, I've, I've got a letter I wanted to read out. It's not actually a letter to us. It was a letter to the Age Green Guide this week, but I loved it so much I wanted to bring it and share it with all the listeners. <clears throat> oh, oh, you, it's so, that kind of love. It's that kind of So here you go. The letter goes like this. I missed the final episode of East of Everything on the ABC. Sadly, I didn't really care. Mary Lyon, Camperdale. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Mary. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.